Welcome to This Is Whole Life, live from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. Every week we get to dig a little bit deeper together into the messages and being spoken here at Whole Life Church. And of course, that conversation would not be the same without your input. And if you join us on the online chat every week, you can get your questions. Who knows? They might actually make the service during the response time. Like this week, we got Freud a couple times, a couple questions. It was good. Speaking of Freud, what's that? Who's that sitting across from me? It's not Melanie. It's not Ken. Well, Ken's on the other side. <laughs> wow. But, I'm just going to get up and walk out right now. <laughs> but Freud, Braz, who is our, tell us what you do and what your title is here. So, thank you for having me. Um, I am now a member care pastor, and um, I think my main... Let's not say a, the. The. <laughs> the. <laughs> okay. uh, All help is gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're on that yeah. island on your own, buddy. So, <laughs> no. welcome aboard. I'm yeah. kidding. We're all here for you. Thank you. But um, I'm actually, my. I think my main task is to help people connect with each other. And and if we can help them connect with God, so I'll I have the resp- responsibility of small groups, social events, and uh, you know Sabbath schools in general and. Yeah. yeah, those areas. But see, I, I feel really confident. Now, being a Packers fan, I'm just going to drop this. I know you're more of a football football, yep, Soccer than football. than a than a true football football fan. Uh, so true. one would argue which one is true. <laughs> exactly. So well, here in America, no. So <laughs> see how we're talking about cultures. This which week. one has yeah, exactly. a ball touch the foot more often? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's okay. They should they should have taken it first. I well, they kind of did. Myself. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! So how does it? Here's here's what I'm gonna say. Like how like going way back now, mm. you know Brett Favre was a legend, and we didn't know we had an Aaron Rodgers, but we felt pretty good, and that worked out really well. And then we knew we had an Aaron Rodgers. You know we got a couple Super Bowls between him and Brett, mm. and now we know what we have in love, so we're feeling good. So how does it feel to follow a legend in Jeff Sinkamani? Oh my God. <laughs> A lot of responsibility. I think it's just Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there you go. I think think something (laughs) that helps is the fact that um, I was here with Jeff. Ah, that's true. And so we we were together and working together. And he's he's such a lovely person. And he was always helping. So, yeah, I miss him. It would be easier if he was, you know, still active. But stupid I'll probably, retirement. I'll probably call him every every, every so often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff. Uh, Jeff didn't, hasn't changed his phone number yet. Not yet. So, yeah, uh, he hasn't changed. <laughs> oh, hopefully he does it right, Jeff. I know. I, I, I know you're listening. I know. I know you're listening. We miss him here on the podcast too. For sure. Uh, he was our. He was our uh, little bow tire at the end of every episode. He just knew how to wrap everything together. Like, <laughs> well, time I guess to go, that's guys. It. That's it, guys. Get out. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, every week I'm like, man, Jeff would have really been, Jeff would have had something really good there that we we, we could yeah. have used. All right. This week I want to shout out to Erin, uh, one of our online members, and she is still doing it old school with her checkbook and check register to balance her bank statement every month. Nice job, Erin. So, you know, Erin, I might call on you. Max was seeming to have some serious problems this week uh, with the calculator and the mm-hmm. and the machine and everything. So if, maybe if you have a moment or two, we'll, we'll hit you up for a Zoom call with Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of online family, we had online family watching second service at 12 p.m. Eastern from Washington State. 
which means they were watching at 9 a.m. in their time mm. zone. Wow. Here's looking at you, Bev. Yeah. And Joe from the UK is watching at the same 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 5 p.m. in his time zone from the UK. Now, that's connecting across cultures, countries, mm. continents, and time zones. Wow. So. Thank you, Online Family, for bringing so much love and engagement each week to our chat and just to our worship service. It makes joining online feel almost like you're right there, because in reality, you are. So if you listen to the podcast but haven't worshipped with us yet, and maybe it's a lengthy drive, time zone or time zones make in-person visit problematic, please do consider joining us at 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Standard every Saturday morning and afternoon at Whole Life Church dot live where we get together we check in we check up we pray over each other and we just continue to to uh, make those connections deeper so love that online family every single week so just consider being a part of that if you know need a place to go to church and i would suggest uh, whole life as my number one stop so absolutely there you go we're not biased or prejudiced in any way (laughs) not at all not at all i'm glad you pointed that out because i wouldn't want anyone to think i had to put a disclaimer on there well thank you (laughs) all right last episode episode 403 we were talking about socioeconomic uh connecting across those those divides and we got two emails this week ken did you want to did you want to jump in on that or did you want me no i think you had the summary of okay um, yeah yeah i kind of summarized uh both they were great emails that uh, that I read in their entirety, but I wanted to hit on, uh, on 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 both of them. Mel emailed us and said, "We build meaningful connections based on what we have in common. This can be shared experiences or interests. The challenge with tax brackets is that it amplifies how we are different. In the example you gave of connecting with a homeless person, you can offer food, which can help you feel like you're doing good, and perhaps you are in a small way." But how would you make a real connection with them? They would likely not be comfortable approaching you to strike up a friendship. You could approach them for a friendship, but it would take considerable work on your part to find common experiences and have them feel like you were truly interested in a real friendship. There would be a lot of distrust. Yeah. And Lois, kind of in the same vein, said, maybe material stuff isn't as much of a barrier as we'd like to imagine. I've had a homeless person thank me for just looking them in the face and saying hello, even though I didn't hand them anything, either food or money. All I did was wish them a good morning, comment on the weather, etc. Just common courtesy, chit-chat stuff. Nothing earth-shattering or consequential. Their follow-up comment was that most people don't even want to look at them and that it was nice to be treated as if they were actually worthy of notice. And I really resonated with that a long time ago at a young adult um, service that we had called Deeper over at Forest Lake Church years ago. We adopted this homeless person. His name was Steve. Had an amazing story. He One week, he just found his way, kind of like on our website, you know, if you got lost in traffic and you ended up here, we're glad that welcome. you're here. Yeah, welcome. Come aboard. And we we all took an active role in trying to, you know, befriend, disciple, and just, just be a basic support network. And there was a lot that of what both Mel and Lois said. So I really wanted to... As someone who, you're not wrong. It's 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 hard to have a real connection because there are trust issues. There are. Do you have my best interest at heart? Are you doing this to make you feel good, or do you actually care about me as a person? And that was a huge, huge deal. And um, I unfortunately we have we lost kind of connection. He uh, Steve moved on to another place, 
And so that was, um, I miss his laugh. He could, he's kind of like, if anyone here at Whole Life and Nathaniel, if you're listening, I love you, mean it. This is uh, an all love. If you hear Nathaniel laughing from across the room or across the building, you know it's Nathaniel. Yep. And Steve was the same way. He had a laugh that would just make you smile and go, ah, Steve is here. <laughs> and so, I, it, it, but it really, both comments, thank you for the email, both uh, yeah. Mel and, 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 and Lois, because I feel like that's where we have to really get down, even if it's not a homeless person in this situation. But if I want to be friends with Freud, Freud has to know that I am interested in a friendship, not mm. just because of, oh, he's a he's a pastor here. Maybe that's someone I'd like to connect with, or maybe there's something in it for me. So definitely true. And um just having them feel Lois the way just you know just looking at them and you know even the small talk a touch yeah I think that's a huge huge thing acknowledging each other's humanity oh there you go see yeah. see I told you that's why Ken is here every single week <laughs> yeah. that's why that's why now and and here's where Freud had me early in his message hmm. No, it wasn't. This was after. This was after. I'm sorry, but okay. this is this is. I put it at the beginning. Okay, see, I'm 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 fooling myself with mm-hmm. with my order and my and my outline today. Actually, this is what wrapped it up to me. It it just let me know that Freud is really whole life people. He's whole life podcast people. He's just good people. Good people. He said the best way to get together and get across culture potluck is to sit down and eat together and stanley said it's hard to be angry when someone's feeding you right (laughs) yeah and so yeah i brought the example of my baby the nicholas yes and when i don't feed him he's mad but when he eats he's all smiley yeah. So I think there's a reason why when there's an international potluck it's the best attended day or potluck of the year it's and it isn't it interesting that we're we're at um, we get excited about the food, but mm. less excited about other cultural differences at times. Yeah, I think. Well, food is it's hard to say no. <laughs> it's hard to compare food with other things. <laughs> but yeah, I think everybody's interested in other cultures, uh, what people eat. Um, yeah. I think it goes into something though so basic is like what do you eat like even even here in America when people first time we had some friends over after we moved grew up in the Midwest for 30 years we move here we have a small Bible study group we have everybody over and this guy's like what's in the bowl hmm. and he's like smells like chili and I'm like it is chili and he's like no it's not chili I'm like well it's my mom's recipe pretty sure I know it's chili but okay he's like it's not chili He's like, sir, what you have in that bowl is chili mac. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What? He's like, because it's got macaroni and cheese. He's like, who puts it? He's like, that's not real chili. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I said, it's really not going to be real chili in a moment to you when I go and I put a layer of fresh sharp cheddar cheese grated mm. over the top of it. Then I put a giant scoop of cottage cheese on the side for that hot, cool, and melty cheese all in one. And then when I throw a handful of Cheetos on top of it <laughs> and take a fresh piece of bread and put some butter on it and dunk it all together and have a bite, it's not going to be chilly anymore. This is, uh. whisk- this is Wisco chili. 
Okay. And so he had to go. But every, I haven't had lunch. I'm hungry. I know. I like we should have not. We should have eaten before this. Uh-huh. No. It, so even just across the United States, there are such you know people will tell you, oh, I'm from I you know I'm from here. This is what we do. I'm from there. That's mm-hmm. what we do. And just to, just a side note, real quick, March 16th. Swipe up in today's show notes uh, if you want to experience maybe the best potluck. Of international cuisine, mm. our last potluck here was lit. Pretty much every potluck at Whole Life is an international uh, <laughs> right? potluck, right? Yeah. I mean, Ooh. because we have people from all over the world. So yeah. yeah, and and do you know when you go visit a a city, uh, if you want to understand to realize uh, if that city is international or not, if they have a lot of uh, options from different part of part of the world if you have for example i remember when i was living in geneva they didn't have a um, mexican rest, restaurant they only had one okay. only in, one clo- close to downtown i have three and, within 3 miles exactly and so <laughs> And now they have more. <laughs> You're but also closer to the Mexican border, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that might have something to do with it. <laughs> but that's, but. How, that's how you see if, you, if it's a, an international place. Um, yeah. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Just yeah. thought I'd let you know that you, know, you probably have fewer uh, German bakeries on your... Oh, there's a German meat stand down in Winter Park that if you haven't well, been there... Sanford mm. has some... Yes, they German. do. Oh, yeah. Holland, Hollenbeck's. It feels like Orlando is pretty international in its food yeah, offerings. Yeah. Seems like there's a lot there, yeah. but yeah. but even so, you still will notice fewer of certain, yeah. and, and a lot of it, yeah, it comes down. I think comes down to geography. If you have the closer the country is, and the more, and actually, it isn't so much the closer the country is, the more immigrants that you have from, you know, if you have Italian immigrants. The, you're going to have more Italian restaurants yeah. in that area because, you know, get a yeah. taste of home. Yeah. And that was, you know, when I lived in New Zealand, that was one of the things that just blew me away is that just some of the things that you expect food-wise to be the same just aren't. You Like yeah. ketchup. That's like yeah. American ketchup is very, very different than, I guess it has tomatoes in common, but that's about it maybe. <laughs> and I, I don't even know about that. But, and, um, you know, that it's just, it's a different, culinary experience and and so it can be i remember um i remember having uh the chaplain at at southern Adventist university came out to do a speaking engagement in new zealand while i was there and he brought like six burritos from taco bell with him because there was no taco bell to talk about i mean he brought those and i like i thought i was in heaven when he handed those off to me i was you know, it's just like that taste of home. Another thing I'd do is there was a subway, um, a subway in a gas station. It was like the only subway for miles. And I would, while I was in New Zealand, when I would start feeling homesick, I would go to that subway, I'd get a, a foot long or two and just sit outside <laughs> and eat it and feel like I was back home. Wow. And it's it's funny how, fun, uh, how food will take you back home. Mm-hmm. And that's odd because even back then, I mean, how long ago was it that you were? Oh, that 15? would have been ninety-seven-ish. Ooh, that's a ways. Yeah. 
So it wasn't Thanks. like now. Well, no. <laughs> it was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, gotta get, wow. Gotta, <laughs> You're older than I thought. <laughs> well, I'm older than Ken, just for the record. So that's kind of when I say wow, I'm like, wow, we are getting, I'm getting old. But, you know, it wasn't like now where it's like DoorDash and people yeah. are like, hey, dry no. ice, we'll ship you a pizza yeah. from Detroit to wherever you are yeah. in the world. It's going to cost you, but we'll get it there. Yeah. So to actually find those, that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So Brazil, Portugal. Portugal, France, and the U.S. Is that the four? Switzerland. Switzerland. And Switzerland. That's US. right. There was five. Yeah. I miss Switzerland. Is that, do you know so any it? German? Are, do, you have, do you have... If I lived in German? No. Do you speak... Do no. You sp- no. I can understand some words because I was living probably two hours from where uh, in Switzerland they had... They so the part German. of Switzerland you were in was that... French speaking. French speaking? Yeah. yeah. So how do you say this is whole life in French? Ici c'est whole life. Oh. Ici c'est whole life. Huh. That, that sounds, I, good, that sounds kind of like my my grandma who speaks English the way that she says it <laughs> a little bit. So, well, this is it's kind of that. It sounded a little bit like that mountain twang. This we, is uh, yeah. maybe yeah. maybe there's French in my family that I was unaware of today. Yeah. All the way from France, Freud Bras tells us how to say this. Oh, that's yeah. like my grandma. Isis, 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 Isi, Se, Whole life, whole life. Okay, well, easy say whole life. Yeah, it isn't easy to say, but no, no, yeah. it's I'm I have a hard enough time with English. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> attempting much else. Yeah. <laughs> so I I thought that maybe one of the the points that maybe we often forget or maybe we just mischaracterize because we think we know, but in actuality. Nobody explains it just a little bit deeper because, you know, stats is everybody's favorite to argue over because it's like, oh, the stats can pretty much say sort of if you twist them around enough or use the right stats, you can get them to say just about anything you want. But, you know, you were kind of asking the question like, you know, why do I have to, you know, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to connect across cultures? Mm. What, what, and like U.S. has the highest number of international immigrants as a, as a percentage of population. You said it was thirteen point seven percent. So the no, the percentage is fifteen percent. It's fifteen point. Did I write it down wrong? I but did. but the the amount of immigrants we have over fifty million here. Yeah. The the country that comes in the second place, it's fifteen million, which is oh, Germany. so maybe I, okay, yeah, gotcha. So it's a lot. It is a lot. I'm not saying in a negative way. It's just if you. At some point, you are going to cross, uh, interact with someone that is not. It's not even at some point anymore, I don't think. I mean, I don't know what it was like growing up in any of the countries as far as immigration. I know those are all like a lot smaller countries, but consider the country of Wisconsin, if you will, where everyone predominantly, like you mentioned, most of those countries were Catholic until, what did you get to? Is it France that was more Protestant or was it Switzerland? Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland, Switzerland. But like everyone growing up, like Wisconsin back in the 70s, early 80s was predominantly Catholic. It was predominantly um, a lot of Polish, German um, immigrants. And so like that's who you knew. Right. And, And when we moved here in 2001, it was like, wow. I mean, I'd been to a few other countries, not a ton. But to actually see all these different people from different, like every day, like you don't go to work and not see somebody 
who it was just so different because in Wisconsin everyone pretty much looked like you and you know once you were kind of north of Milwaukee and and even even Madison where there's a little bit more there was more culture there it was closer to Chicago and maybe some of that um, had something to do with it but as soon as you were any amount north of that it was just like everyone looked the same and so mm-hmm. everyone talked the same slang everyone talked the understood when you just said yep. You know, like that was that's a full sentence in Wisconsin. That means a lot of different things. Yep, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so you come here, and people ask, start asking you questions. Like, wait, the first thing we got was, "You from Minnesota?" Mm. You know, and I was like, "No, Canada." Eh? No, and they're like, "Oh, must be that Wisconsin." And I'm like, "Nobody in Wisconsin says Wisconsin." Mm-hmm. You know, bubblers. You know, all these kind of all these um, cultural things. What did you find when you moved from just being in so many different places throughout your life? Yeah. Was it was it like a, a shock moving here to see the in Orlando, or is Orlando yeah. the only place you've been in uh, or living? living? Yes, in, okay. in the states. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I came to the states a few times before I, 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 I moved here, and I married with an American citizen that was living in the states since two years old. Uh, so at home, I was familiar with the culture. Gotcha. But I can tell you something. When I came here for the first time, I went to a mall, and uh, at the <laughs> store, I went inside of the store. It was like um like a lids those stores that sell with hats the and yeah, things yeah. like that. And the lady came to me and she was like, hi, how are you? And I was impressed because I thought she wanted to know how I was doing. (laughs) And and, and in Europe, you don't ask people if you don't know them. You're not going to ask, hey, how are you doing? It's it's more like, hi, welcome, you know. But here, people are so friendly that I was, that was a huge shock. I I was like, do I know her from somewhere? (laughs) And and it took me a while. And I went home and I told, Hey baby, there was this lady that talked to me asking me how I was. And I started answering her. I was like, I'm good. And, uh, how are you? How was your day going? (laughs) She's really interested. So it was a, for me, I can tell you that was the biggest Hmm. culture shock in the beginning. It was a positive, you know, culture shock. Then I think moving from Brazil to Europe, you definitely feel that people are a little bit colder. But really, uh, yeah, it's just in the the first interaction, they are more um, reserved in it, and it's typical. And I, I hope I'm not like judging, but it's typical from countries that are a little bit cold. Uh, I'm talking about the weather, temperature. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> temperature that's true. wise, yeah. So um, in Brazil, people are like hi, like they talk to you, they hug you, they don't know you, but they you know they go and huh. they are super. You actually have an interesting theory, don't you? Yeah. On what? Okay, let us have it. How, Come on. on how weather impacts culture. Ooh. I think it plays a huge role, and this was a theory that it was. It's not my original theory. It was my teacher that I uh, used to teach uh, history and in, in when I was doing my master's. And he was explaining how when people fr- come from a cold place, uh, they, they are more, they tend to uh, be, be more, a little bit more disciplined because of winter. Uh, people that lived in winter time, back in the days I'm talking about, because now I think it's a little bit different, but still, if we live in a place that you have a lot of snow, you need you need you need to have time to do stuff. 
For example, you need to wake up at a certain time. You need to move snow. You need to put salt. You know, there's yep. a routine that you need to follow. Have to have things put away for the a- winter so exactly. that you have enough food to make yeah. it through. Another thing is food. Yeah. yeah. What is going to grow during winter time? Not much. Not, unless you got a greenhouse. You know? Yeah. So in Brazil, my mom has a little backyard. And when you go there, she has a, like sugarcane, mangoes, like all type of stuff. And it grows so fast. And these, you know, huge fruits and vegetables. And uh, and it's easier. And it's um, year round, right? Yeah. yeah. And you don't, you don't need to be worried about what you're going to eat because, you know, and neighbors will share food and... Yeah, it's a it's a different dynamic. Another part of it, right, is that if you're holed up for the winter, you kind of are a little bit more of a loner. I shouldn't yeah. say loner, but you're just more insular so. to your family because yeah. you're not able to get out and visit as much. And this sort of like like you know Freud mentioned, this is probably pre um, some of the modern things that we have, but. Um, and whereas maybe in a place that's warmer, you're you're able to get out, mingle, go around a little bit more. Um, so I, I thought it was an interesting theory. I'd never heard that theory before you brought it up, but I, I thought, man, that's 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 kind of interesting. But nobody stands out in their front yard when it's twenty below out and like so, yeah. with their hands in their pocket, like, hey, maybe we should have a. Oh, my hot chocolate's already frozen. I guess I'm going. It's not like you bring out a glass yeah. of iced tea here or a lemonade where someone might go out, even if it's warm and standing and talk. Yeah. Well, but the other thing is like <laughs> it's it's always been interesting to me. Like uh, I have a my dad grew up in. Uh, western uh, Western Pennsylvania, um, very very cold up there. My grandpa used to joke that there was nine months of winter and three three months of poor sledding um, <laughs> up up where he, my dad grew up, and my mom uh, grew up uh, in Virginia, and it was always interesting to me to kind of see this blend of Southern culture and Northern culture, and and Northern culture tends to be very businesslike and let's get this done, let's move, mm, let's yep. let's get you know. Focus, get it done. Um, from a southern perspective, kind of a little cold and austere, a little bit less friendly. Whereas in the south, things to move a little bit slower. Um, they don't quite move quite as fast, and you, you kind of take your time a little bit more. And going to the what Freud was talking about weather, if that kind of makes sense. It, if it's you know 120 degrees out, you're just not going to move that fast. It's no. you're going to slow down. Whereas if it's cold, let's snap through this. Let's mm-hmm. get moving. Let's get yeah. inside. Let's get things done. Let's move along. And and so I thought that was, I really thought your your theory was kind of interesting as I kind of was thinking about that. So I'm going to think about it a little bit more. But you know, going to the sermon, I think that one of you. Freud said something that you, I'm sorry, Randy said that there was talking about that Americans being kind of friendly, a little bit more friendly than what you were Mm -hmm. used to in Europe. What's something um, that you've discovered here in the States that's not as pleasing to you? That that what's something culturally that you're like, oh, I kind of miss this aspect of Europe or whatever? So let me, let me not talk about my experience but let me give an example <laughs> of someone else oh, <laughs> so, chicken I, I know chicken I, come on <laughs> i know this um teacher that came from europe name is not freud huh name, name is, is not, not freud, freud. I know. I know. no names and she came and she's she's working for a big university and i came her i came here and i went to visit her uh and she was telling me how she wanted to have um, 
a more deeper connection with people. And and I was like, why don't you, you know, organize things, like find friends? And, you know, they, she was like, well, but when I try to hang out with them, it's like after an hour, they are like, I'm going to go home. It's it's very fast. You know, I and in Europe, when you go to hang out with someone, it's like three, four, five hours the whole day. And so I remember another time that I was in Geneva at the church and uh, there was because Close to Geneva, there's an university campus, uh, Adventist, uh, where people go, Americans go to learn French. And some American, they used to go down to that church. And there was this uh, French girl that she was a little bit frustrated because she felt like every time she was being friends with an American girl, it was a little bit uh, superficial. They didn't invest a lot of time. They were super friendly. So she was like, oh, she wants to be friends with me. Uh, and then, but she would only spend a little bit of time and then leave. But there's a reason why that happens. Because, for example, in Geneva, we had five churches, Adventist churches. And when we had events with the whole young adults of all the churches, it was probably, let's say, 100 people max. 100 people. So you don't have a lot of, like, youth for like uh, Christians that get together, you don't have a lot of options for friendship. Here, it's like you have maybe I don't know how many churches do we have here in this region. You know, 30, 60, 40, 60, you have yeah. a lot of options yeah. of people that you can. I, I can literally hang out every weekend with Somewhere. people my age that kind of work the same area that I work, or my wife and couples the same age that kids or not. So it's easier to find. And sometimes, uh, and, and here in America, uh, things like people don't have time. Time here is very precious. So we need to work. We need to go, go, go. We have this. We have that. That's kind of the, the huge culture shock for me. Did, P yeah. did Portugal have like a siesta, like a longer lunchtime? Like here in the States, you yeah. know, you take about, your, you know, theoretically you take an hour lunch. Yeah, in, in some European countries, don't they take a longer? Yeah. The the one who, like, yeah, Portugal, we will do the siesta. Uh, we have another name for that, but uh, Spain, it's the one who does it the most. The most. Wow. So what is that's that? the reason too? That's weird. For that. well, well, let's hear it. What's the reason? So the reason is because during the summer, especially, it's so hot, and here in Florida, it's so hot as well. But we have AC everywhere. It's not the case in Europe. You don't have AC everywhere. Yeah. So during the summertime, they stop working uh, during, during those hours that is very hot and they take the siesta and then they will work until, you know, 8 p.m., for example, because it's Make a little it bit, you know, it's a less. Kind of split your day in half. and Yeah, exactly. And yeah. they go to bed super, super late. They have dinner super late. They are known for that. See, I think that's I think what you're saying though too about having more time, like where we come, like in Wisconsin when you we didn't have a lot of options either. There was like ours growing up in Green Bay. That's the biggest church in the in the conference. I think in the conference for sure in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. um, you'd have to travel at least thirty minutes to find a congregation a fourth of the size probably, and if you drove a half hour the other direction, you'd have to go to twelve. 20 churches to get to what you had in Green Bay. So there wasn't as many people, but I also think in what we noticed when we moved here was here it is hard. People are fast. 
even though it's the supposed slow down, the only thing we found was slower here is the people's work ethic was a lot slower. Yeah. It was like we came here and we're just like, wow, like an hour lunch. What is that? Mm -hmm. And like, what is this whole? But but on a Saturday afternoon, if you would invite someone over after church, they'll stay with you. Like, oh, we had lunch, and then mm -hmm. oh, and someone want a snack? Yeah, let's yeah. have a snack. Oh, popcorn. Whatever. Oh, let's have pizza. You guys want to pop a movie in? And like, people will stay till ten, eleven o'clock at night, and they're like, all right, I guess we gotta go home. So you guys want to stay on the couch? You know, that's the kind of. So I do think I I feel like the what you were describing in Geneva is kind of kind of felt like home to me. Mm. So another example, yeah, uh, Sunday I went to uh, to Maitland at a farmer's market. Oh, I saw that. And uh, our brother, shout out to him, um, John Jonathan. How was the kombucha? Oh, kombucha was uh, super good? good. He he's he does he's amazing. I gotta get some of that. Good it looked job. really good. Yeah. Oh, I watching I'll, him. I'll bring some for you. Oh, that looks good. So I went there, and there was this couple French. They were serving, uh, they were selling, uh, you know, French pastries and, oh, and crafts French, and what? things like that. It was amazing. Both of them are French. And this is at the Maitland right on Lake Lily? Farms Market. Farmers Market. Maitland, yeah. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> they- Now I know where to go. I started speaking French with them and they were, you know, we are having an awesome time. It's hard to find people that speak yeah. French. And so I w we were talking and there was a huge line behind me and the lady kept talking and talking and she was not serving me she was just talking with me and Deanna and I looked back and I was like Frog's <laughs> like we're about I, to get I don't know there's a bunch you... of angry Americans behind. <laughs> I don't know if you understand that we are not in France <laughs> people will not wait, wait here they're gonna leave yeah. well that's so, the case in the French uh, in the French cafes right you're not the service is gonna be a lot slower than it you would yeah. have here right uh, it's, except for Paris because Paris it's, it's fast paced and it's yeah it's and a lot of French people they don't consider Paris as a like a French culture. Okay, uh, really, and and it's a big debate. Okay, but outside of Paris, really, yeah, it's low. So I okay. liked what you brought up in the sermon about you, you talked about how uh, the Greeks and Romans would uh, kind of take their culture with them, mm -hmm. and whenever they would conquer another country, they would they would Hellenize it, that they would take that Greek culture. And even to this day, there's a, a lot of Greek culture in the United States. A lot of a lot of the concepts we have come from that. Mm -hmm. um, so Greece played a huge, huge role culturally, even to this day. And, and the, way, um, the way that we preach actually has less to do with the way like uh, the Judaism mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. do uh, teaching with a rabbi and a lot more to do with the way that the Greeks would do debate and oratory. Huh. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, and so anyway, all that to say, I, I liked how you brought that in because I think it is something that sometimes we, we, we take Western civilization, Western culture, and we put it on a better than category. It's like, well, our, and, and culture, I always define it as the way we do things around here. And we basically say, hey, well, the way that we do things is better. And so when we take Christianity into another culture, to another country, we we say that the way that we dress, the way that we, this is how you now need to do it, mm -hmm. because this is the correct way. This is Christianity. You can't be a Christian if you don't do it. And we kind of sometimes get confused 
about what's culture and what's Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, what's yeah. the, and we, we kind of confuse Western culture, uh, you know, some of the Greek and, uh, you know, those things, we get confused that that's like somehow superior to the way that other cultures do things. And, um, and it, and it's, it's actually pretty harmful. I remember, um, my wife was taking, uh, Guam history at the university of Guam. Uh, Mm. She was teaching on Guam. And so that was part of her requirement to be a teacher in the public school system. There was to take that class and she was seeing the class and I guess some, some, uh, some military spouses were auditing the class or I'm not sure why they were taking it, but they were in there. And Rochelle told me that at one point she wanted to crawl underneath her desk because of some of the comments that they were making that were really degrading to Guam culture. And, and it's like, well, basically you don't know better. So, okay. You know, that kind of thing. And, and it was just, and for somebody who's lived in Guam culture, you're like, well, there's some really cool things that people on Guam do that we don't do here in the States that we could really learn from. I mean, their emphasis on family and community. I mean, you can't, if they're literally, if you're driving around the island of Guam, 30 by five, you're driving around and you see a fiesta taking place. This could be somebody's birthday party. This could be, um, uh, you know, a religious festival. It doesn't matter. You see a fiesta happening. Firstly, all fiestas happen outside. They don't happen inside a home. They, they always are happening outside. Hmm. And if you see it, you can absolutely park your car, walk up to the fiesta, grab a plate, start eating, and just join in. Mm. No, wow. it's, it's, not, it's not, oh, well, this is a party for my seven-year-old and their friends. It's, hey, you see it? Mm-hmm. Come on in, wow. come on in, yeah. and 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 they will not let you. It's it's considered to be rude to leave a fiesta without a plate of food mm. to go to go. Yes, you what? if you if you walk out of there without a plate of food, you're being you're a rude guest. Like you didn't enjoy it, or uh, like yeah, like, it's, it's like it's not good enough yeah, for you to take. Yeah, or? it's like well, it's yeah, that's exactly. It's basically saying your food is no good. I don't and I wow. don't I don't. I don't accept your hospitality. Equally rude is if you brought food to take it with you when you leave. If there's leftovers, you don't take it, you leave it. And so that's one of the hard lessons Rochelle and I learned is that you, you, don't bring your you, good do, not, you do not take it in a dish you ever want to see again. Um, oh, man. You, you take it in disposables because, like I said, huh. when you leave, you take a plate of whatever food you want with you home. You take so you get so it's not just taking what I had home. Mm. Now I can I can take all this other food. I have a plate of food for later. But again, we kind of sometimes take and say, well, that this is the right way of doing things. Well, let's talk a little bit more specifically, even than that. Let's talk about right and wrong. Like one of the commandments is, "Thou shalt not steal." Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it becomes interesting when you go into other cultures because stealing is defined in the United States mm-hmm. we have a very different definition of personal property than uh, than some other cultures in the world do. So when Guam was dis- when when Magellan bumped into Guam uh, <laughs> I was about to say discover but when Magellan bumped into Guam he named the island Isla Ladrones which Freud if I know my accent's probably terrible on that Isla Ladrones I don't know how to say island that. of thieves 
I think that's Spanish, oh, but Ladrones. Isla de Ladrones. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's the Island of Thieves is what he named it. Why? Because when the natives saw his ship, they were like, what is this? And so they all row out to the ship. They come on board. And they start seeing all this stuff they want, so they start taking it and they're putting their canoes, <laughs> and they just take it. And, and so they actually a really nasty incident happens where he fires on them, and it it's like it's it's you know people die. But the reason in he, he called it Island of Thieves, but the problem with this is this in Guam, the Native Chamorro culture was a communal culture, and what was yours is if you're not using it, then I can use it. Uh, it's not. It's not a, this is my property, this is your property. It's, hey, if I'm not needing it, then of course you can use it. It's your, you don't have to ask. You just walk into my hut, you take what you want. And wow. And I will, if I, when I need it again, I will walk into your hut and take it back if I need it. And so for them, when they walked onto those ships, they weren't stealing anything. They were just, hey, you're part of the family. Welcome if you need something. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like the Spanish didn't help themselves to a bunch of the to stuff they, on yeah. that island anyway. So my point is, you take something, we talk about, oh, the fiesta and how everybody's invited. We'd like, oh, we like that. But then we get down to one of the commandments, thou shalt not steal. And we say, well, no, that's wrong. This is personal property. But biblically speaking, the personal property, the way that we do it in Western culture is not particularly biblical. Um, biblical in Leviticus, Deuteronomy, God talks about leaving um, uh, margins in the fields when you're reaping so that mm. the poor can come and eat. So that, mm. and, and so we have... We have this tendency to say the way that I do it's the right way to do it. The way this the culture I grew up, why? Because it's comfortable, and and it's keeping the commandments. Those those poor Chamorros, they don't know better. They're they're just, you know, they're 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 not as advanced as we are. Yeah. Well, you tell me what's more advanced: a society that has learned how to share, to the point where, if you need it, help yourself, or I don't care whether you need it; it's mine. I don't know. It's it's an interesting. There's 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 pluses and minuses to both, and that's where I think when we start talking about culture, people will get really worked up quick because this is the this is what I grew up with. It has yeah. to be right. So so it's very interesting because translating the gospel it's one of the biggest challenges. And when we talk about translating, it's not only about language. When I came to the states, um, when I moved here not to visit. When I moved, I knew that I needed to learn the language. But in order for me to learn the language and to learn the codes of communication, I needed to understand people. Mm. I need to understand how they think, the expressions that they use, the meaning of the words. Because, for example, the word eventually exists in Portuguese, French, and, and English. But when you say, oh, I will eventually... I will, you know. Honey, I'll fix that sink eventually. Exactly. Well, <laughs> it has, I think, double meaning because sometimes in English it means that you will do it later. Yeah. You know you'll do it. Yeah. Eventual, uh, eventually I will, you know, uh, do something. Yeah. You, you're, you're telling me that later you are going to do it. Right. But in French and Portuguese, eventually is maybe. Oh. It's maybe. 
It probably it sounds prob- more accurate to me. It's probably it's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's, it's probably not yeah. gonna happen. If it's on that. if it's on my honeydew list, <laughs> that is, eventually, so, yes. But if you see Maybe. eventually, you know. So hey, tra- this is my get out of jail card I've been looking for. <laughs> I've just been stuck Rochelle, in the Portuguese. You just didn't understand what eventually means. Yes, yes so. that's probably so. It. That's a, it's pro- it's maybe and probably not gonna happen. So and no, I or I, not gonna I, happen. Oh, so it actually eventually could mean probably not. It's very, it's probably very unlikely. Very unlikely. Interesting. Ooh. So, <laughs> I, I, this I, has changed some things. Sorry, some, Freud. We're just over Freud, here going. Yeah, we're just, okay. I'm just, I'm replaying some conversations I've had with Freud. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, hey, I'll eventually go. No. <laughs> Deanna, Deanna told me, hey, uh, eventually we'll do this. I was like, yeah, eventually. And I didn't understand. What but she was, she wanted you, you to know say. Now. You know now. You understand the English version. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> so my point is translating the gospel is very hard because when we get the gospel, we get the values, the core mm-hmm. of the gospel. And then it comes with all the, the every like all the cultural yeah. that comes with it. Yep. And I'll call it maybe traditions. Yep. But those traditions, they are not negative. And, and I said, uh, one of the things that I said in the Q&A time is, and I probably didn't have time to explain, but the tradition kills religion. Yeah. And very often that happens. If you go to Europe, you understand France, for example, it's a, it's a country that they have monuments to remind us how bad it was for Christianity, you know? Uh, so if you go to south of France, some some places where you know they have these museums that talks about maybe a, a, a dark part of uh, Christianity history, but uh, tra- so I just want to clear up: yeah. you, they have monuments. You're saying they have monuments that say that basically Christianity is bad. It's uh, that tells a story of people killing okay. uh, for the sake of the the church, yeah. uh, you know. Okay. So um, when I and we could talk more about it, but we don't have time. But the the what I wanted to go is sometimes we want to translate the God. We don't want to translate the gospel. We want to take it in the way it works for me in my own reality. Yeah. And not even talking about my country, my own reality. And I take it to another reality without mm-hmm. translating or contextualizing. Yeah. And and. Leslie New Begin, I, I love reading about him, and uh, he understood that for when Europeans were taking the the gospel to other countries. And and that's not only the Europeans, because I believe, and I've seen with my eyes, that uh, we have a tendency to transformate or to make traditions part of the core of the gospel. Mm. The traditions, they are not—and and let me give you an example— I talked about this missionary pastor working in Niger. And over there, he can't do uh, communion with uh, grape juice and bread, you know. So he can't do it in the way we see the Jewish tradition they used to do. We can we can do it, but not them. Is that super important? Is What is important here? Is it to uh, celebrate... Easter uh, and celebrate communion together and everything that happened in Easter and Exodus. And what is important here? Is it the tradition? Is it the physical aspect of it? Or is it the core value of what we are trying to celebrate here? Mm. And sometimes those things, they, we, 
we make tradition as a value and then we get a little bit lost and people cannot relate to it. So what do we do for people though? Like when you came here, what did you find maybe that was the most, oh, maybe this isn't as weird as I thought, or uh, was it after you learned English and had some more, like you said, maybe you're able to put some more context to eventually in in other words and in the gospel. Because I fear like, you know, you talked about, you know, circumcision and how, you know, that, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles and, and that I feel like those are kind of the same things we can we can hold tight on something that maybe we just don't understand. Also, maybe how off putting that could be to someone who doesn't understand what we're maybe even what we're really saying. But if you want to if you want to learn how to translate the gospel or how to integrate a country or you go to whole life, that's it. Oh, that's wow. a gold, that's a, cheater's way out there, Freud. That's a gold. I think that's a gold star, though. That's uh, you know one that, of the things that I encourage people to do when it comes to what Freud's talking about is read books that give you background on there. Some of them are called Bible background commentaries, and so what they'll do is they'll tell you when this was written, this is what it meant. This is what this this phrase meant. This is what it meant to, you know, we, we hear a lot in the Bible about rain, like, um, you know, like uh, God withholds the rain uh, uh, for Elijah. And we kind of, we're like in our modern society, we're like, well, you know, there must have been a drought and this happened, that happened. And why is God being all mean about just taking away the rain from a bunch of people who needed it? Well, what what we're not seeing in our context is, and it's there once you when you understand it, is that this is this is a showdown between between Yahweh, the God of the Israelites, Yahweh, we believe God, the God of the universe, and the and the God Baal, and mm-hmm. Baal was the was a fertility god, mm-hmm. and when it rained, it was him fertilizing yeah, yeah. the the earth and making things grow and so what's happening is you've got the israelites who have started worshiping baal they've they've and they're basically asking baal to send the rain to do these things and god's trying to make a point to them about who's in charge of the seasons who's actually in charge of these different things and there's there's a lot of nuance to it that comes up missing because we didn't grow up in that, in that culture, culture and we yeah. aren't familiar with that culture. And so if you can find books that give you the cultural background, it will add a richness and a depth to your study of the Bible that will that will just really benefit you. You know, the same thing with with a lot of the shepherd metaphors in the Bible. Mm. If you read about what a Middle Eastern shepherd did and who they were and if and what their responsibilities were it will change the way that you read the 23rd psalm it'll change the parables that jesus Mm. talks about it'll actually change the way that you see king david coming Mm. from he's the youngest son he's out watching the sheep this isn't because he's the favorite son Mm. it's because he's the youngest and this is like this isn't like favored duty and so Hey, a book on the shepherd in the twenty third Psalm. I think there was one. Yeah, of, I think one you read one of those. I didn't think you? I read one and recommended it. Yeah, I think, I think you did. a while back. I did. Yeah, you know, we'll an, check on that. another book that I really uh, that I think is I've found helpful <laughs> to me is um, I think it's called the Blue Parakeet, and 
and I think that's the name of it. And that so sounds, I'll have to. I'll, why do I know? I'll, why I'll does that sound so familiar? Probably, have I recommended it already? I, maybe, but let's a double check. Times. I probably have. We'll put it in the show notes. Otherwise, even if we have. But again, we'll, this book talks about how we go about understanding the Bible when we're not when it does something strange that doesn't make sense in our culture and our time, and and how do we go ahead and reconcile some of the things that we see in the Bible? My point is. Go look for these books. They're all over the place. Uh, I, I recommend uh, IVP, I, letter I, V, P, um, has uh, two great um, Bible background commentaries called the IVP mm. uh, New Testament Bible background commentary and the IVP Old Testament Bible background commentary. And that will just, you can, it'll literally, um, every book, it has commentary on on sections of each book and each chapter that gives mm. you the the background on what's the happening context. there, the culture that's is going this digital on. Digital by chance? No. I it? It, I don't know if it is or not. I have them in hard copy on my shelves, and I refer to them quite frequently. I find them just as helpful huh. as the regular commentary, uh, Bible commentaries, and just as fascinating because you really come up with some interesting insights. You're like, I had no idea. You know, we've talked about a number of times, like in. Uh, in the Prodigal God by Tim Keller, that I just one of my favorite books of all time. That that one of the background things is that if you're not from that culture, you don't understand that when the older brother says, "Haven't I done what you want all these years?" The answer was no. He had, the the older son's responsibility was to go look for the younger son. That was his job. That was what he was. He was supposed to try to reconcile the younger son. Go tell the younger son, "Hey, Dad misses you. Come home." That was his responsibility. Instead, he was out working the fields, making money, trying to mm. trying to increase the family business instead of trying to rebuild community and relationship. And so, you know, you have these two parables that happen where somebody goes and looks for something, they find it in this parable of the lost son, the most important thing, a human being, nobody goes and looks for them. And and we think in our Western culture, it's like, why didn't the dad go look for him? And But that's one of the points that, that <laughs> Jesus is making in the parable is that was the younger, the older son's responsibility. Yeah. He was supposed to go do it and he didn't. And when he said, all these years, haven't I done what I, what you wanted me to? The answer was no, you haven't been. You You absolutely have not been. And, and Ken, you're talking about understanding the Bible context and the message. And uh, I would add to that, that if you want, for example, if you work with someone from another culture, mm-hmm. or if you're married with someone from another culture, it is important to understand their their history mm-hmm. and and do some research about the habits, about where do they come from. I remember when I moved here, I was in, at Costco with my wife, and I saw this book about American history for teenagers. And I grabbed that book, and I started reading it. And a lot of things made, made sense for me. <laughs> made more sense. Yeah. And, and Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is very helpful. It's helpful to understand the context. Yep. And I'll, I'll add for in our human interactions, understanding why people, mm. they because for like yesterday I was with this couple and uh, they were telling me that they are Brazilians and they were telling me that the the basketball coach of the kid uh, was was a little bit upset with him because he was always saying, what? What? Because in Portuguese, it's normal to say, what? Like, explain what's happening. Like, I don't hear you. But he the coach expected a little bit more of, sir, what? What do you mean? Uh, you know, yeah. a little bit more, maybe polite. Oh, I know? get yeah. And, yeah. And the kid he just moved to the states, and yeah, he, no. he didn't understand that. 
So you can have those little culture shocks just because you don't understand how to communicate and, and one yeah. thing has a, another meeting. Expectations. Your, yeah. It kind of goes back to so, what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago is we're treating everybody the same is bad. <laughs> because if you if you look at somebody and you don't take into account the culture they come from and where they're and why they're you will not understand why they're doing the things that they do and you'll you'll chalk it up to bad behavior as opposed to a sincere person who's just doing what is normal, normal for them. in their culture yeah. and I think that's one of the things that I really want uh, and that I heard Freud say and I, I just want to double down on in this is that at whole life we have a lot of different cultures in this church a lot um, and sometimes we look at somebody and we're easily able to say well this person is different from me they're a different color they come from a you know they're different I can see that um, but there's a lot of times where there are people that look identical to you but they came from a different culture. Mm -hmm. They physically look the same, but they mm -hmm. are they. But they think completely yeah. differently than you do about something. And I think it's important here at Whole Life. The part that I want to double down on is: don't assume that because somebody's doing something that annoys you, or you think is wrong, or that you you think is rude, that they're trying to do it on purpose, or that they that that it's take into account that that person may have grown up in a different culture than you did. And it's possible to grow up in different religious cultures oh, as man. well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so take the time to try to understand as opposed to judge. Yeah. Tell me more about this. Mm -hmm. Tell me about... Asking questions is yeah. so important. If I would say, if I have a, like a, something that I can tell you, like practical, that you can do to understand other cultures, ask question respect respectful questions but ask don't be afraid to ask questions yeah that's super helpful awesome yeah and the other thing is just assume good intent that there, was... there are some cultures that are very abrupt and if i'm going to be honest with you there are some cultures that i've run into that have been so abrupt with me i just i'm like you are the rudest yeah. <laughs> it is so rude yeah. i'm just so and i have a hard time getting past that and i have to remind myself that's just the way it is in that yeah. culture. And it's it's easy for me to say, well, that's your culture is wrong. That's that's rude. Or I can say, well, that's just the way you do it. And I need to go ahead and adjust my expectation. I have what, an example what was it again? What? Said, uh, presumption. Assume assume, assume good, good intent. Assume, assume good, good intent. intent. You know, we had a little we had a little uh, shake up on the on the chat this week, and I'm like, you know, we set ground rules for ch for even staff meeting every yeah. week, and I'm like, you know, maybe we need to put those in the chat, just like, hey, just as a friendly reminder, uh, assume good intent, you know, and, and yeah. give ourselves that, and and just having having you say that again, because I thought about it this week, and I'm like, how can we just help facilitate and if you know it's no different it's even more difficult than a chat because you're not looking face to face you, it's hard yeah. to ask questions and i thought well maybe that'll be a helpful thing i'm glad we brought that back i think up. the other part is to be patient yeah. um there are some times where somebody misunderstands you yeah uh, and like mm -hmm. oh <laughs> you know you you're a thief because you you took <laughs> this <laughs> and so clearly you're a thief and it's like well no but i mean <laughs> You're in my, you came to my island. <laughs> I didn't come to you. Come on now. Yeah. And, and yet somehow I think that's what God's grace is all about. It's about giving people grace is certainly one of our values here at Whole Life. It's a, it's a written state of value that we give grace. 
And that means that we really genuinely believe that everybody is wanting to do the right thing. Um, how, however misguided they may be, <laughs> right, is what we would sometimes say. But and, and it really helps me. I think that probably some of the things that have all, that have hurt me the most is when people have come and assumed that for some reason I would want somebody to do something that God didn't want them to do or that I'm somehow wanting people to be lost. And I think it's been one of the things that I, you know, I've had that, that accusation sent, well, you're just leading these kids, you know, to hell with the, with the kind of music or whatever. And, and I'm, and I, and I can understand that that's your opinion, that this isn't right. But for you to say that I am purposefully doing that, like that, that's my intent. That's hurtful. That's hurtful because, um, you know, I have dedicated my life to telling people the good news about Jesus. That is what I've dedicated my life to do. And by the way, you don't have to be a pastor to have dedicated your life to doing that. You can be in a lot of different professions and dedicated your life to helping people know Jesus and, and, and experience the gospel and God's grace. But I wish that we would, we can disagree. I mean, it's fine to say, I think that that kind of music leads people away from Jesus. What's wrong to say is you're doing it on purpose. You're, you're trying to do that. You're that, that I struggle with that. I, you know, there's people that I disagree with pretty fundamentally on some theological things, but I really try to keep an open mind that, that they're just doing the best they can with what they believe that that's not, that they're not doing it for any other reason than they believe it's what's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I have an example of that. When I move, I'm sorry, just one last one. When I moved to, when I finished my, no, when I finished my bachelor's after three years living in France. So after three years in France, your French is not in high level. You can speak, but you still like make mistakes. It's probably the level of English that I have now. After 12 years there, of course, it, it was way better. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was, I started preaching in some churches because they would invite us to preach. And so I remember going to a church and there was this lady that she, she didn't know me and I was preaching. And at the end of the sermon, and I mentioned this on the Q and a as well, she came to me and she had a list of mistakes that I, you know, did. <laughs> grammatical <laughs> mistakes. Yeah. Ouch. Nice. Yeah. And, and I was like, I felt so bad. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's direct. I mean, <laughs> So, and I went back to that church a few times and I became a pastor, a youth pastor over there. She was my, my best tool to, for my sermons because she was, she was passionate about her language. She was generations of people in her family speaking in in French and being teachers. And so she wanted to help me Yeah, and she felt bad for me being in front of a lot of people not speaking uh, in the right way. And probably a lot of people felt like that, but nobody told nobody me. said anything, you yeah. know, but she came to me and then we still have a good relationship because for me, it was like out of my culture and it was intense and it was too much, but for her and for that culture, 
It's not. They tell you things. They are straight. straightforward. You know? So. There's the uh, good yeah. intent. Yeah. Right? That's assume, what he was Just yeah. assume yeah. good intent. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, look, we've got to, as we wind down here, we have just a couple of, uh, couple of comments and a question. Anonymous says, I like how the theologian Richard, and his last name was spelled M-O-U-W. I'm not sure if there was, a, look, like it could have been maybe a typo on the keyboard. Um, but he says, there's no one human individual or group who can fully bear or manifest all that is involved in the image of God so that there is a sense in which that image is collectively possessed. By looking at different individuals and groups, we get glimpses of different aspects of the full image of God. I thought mm, that, that, that was that really, really good and maybe something we could think about, maybe look that yeah. up. And just remember that because just knowing that all of, it takes all of us to really get the full image of God. Mm-hmm. And then SM said, our church staff is diverse and they are setting an excellent example of how we can all work together. I enjoyed hearing from our Brazilian pastor. Paul understood the Gentiles and Jews due to his background and God chose him to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. God includes everyone. What can we do to be sure we are including others more than we have in the past? Well, one thing I can tell you. Go for it. You know, the experience of living in five countries has definitely, when I came to the States, I came to to a culture where we have a lot more openness to um, immigrants and international, you know, cultures. At least that's that's what I can say for me. And I'm not saying this just for you guys to be happy with me. It's just here... It's people have the intention of making everybody be like seen. And that's how I feel, especially at whole life. I cannot talk for other churches, but here in the States, we talk about these issues and we talk about like this comments. Amazing. Yeah. In other countries, it's not the same thing. In my country, Brazil, it's not the same thing because we don't have as many immigrants. Yeah. And, and uh, sometimes I called people gringo when they were coming to my country when I was a kid. But that's negative. Like, is it? Yeah. I think it is because you are putting, you're separating them and saying, hey, this gringo. And, and you think that they are, you know. I kind of took it with a badge are, of honor with someone I know, but that's probably because I knew them. <laughs> he's like, uh, now you know what they're really saying yeah, about no, you. Yeah. They think, oh, th- but he's like, he no, doesn't no, he, understand he's things. Like, you, you, can, know? you can speak gringo. I can't speak good English. You know? So he's like, you know, you, so, we, we have a, a yeah. symbiotic. But, but that's good. You, I think people should know that in the States, I, I know there are issues. There are injustice everywhere. But here, I feel like I'm lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. So... Cool. All right, one final. Our political cultures, Piper asked, our political cultures are very angry and divisive right now. That's an understatement. What role should we as individual Christians play in healing these cultures? Be instruments of God's peace. Ooh, there you go. Maybe mm-hmm. still still being seen and mm-hmm. having the, uh, gosh, I keep getting it wrong. I, I, it's the uh, intent. Assume good intent. Assume, assume good well, intent. It's fine. I, I wish that some of the times, uh, well, I don't know if I do, but um, <laughs> I do kind of a little bit wish that sometimes that those of you who are listening could see behind the curtain here at Whole Life with our staff and with some of the conversations that we'll have amongst ourselves. We have a lot of very passionate people who have a lot of very different viewpoints on things. And the conversations will get, I would say, heated at times, but not heated in a 
um, I hate you or you're an awful person type of way. We get heated about the topic and we get passionate about it. Mm. Um, and then we don't, and, and we don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that we change each other's minds all the time, but we, we have the conversation back and forth. And sometimes the point is not to change the other person's mind, but just to understand the other person's nice, mind. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, Randy and I will go, have gone a couple rounds on oh, some politics, different for sure. political yeah. issues and things like that. And, um, before and after this, and I've like, you did quit recording, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but, well, but it's respectful, it's passionate. And we're friends at the end of the day. Mm. Well, we had we had someone last week text while they were listening to the episode, and they texted yeah. Melanie to say, "You guys good? You, you guys you still know, friends? You guys still friends? <laughs> like you're talking to each other?" And, and she's, you know, and uh, and the funny thing to me is like that, my friend that that's the mild salsa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the awesome. that's not the spicy version. Yeah, but I appreciate though. Again, yeah. I think that's what you're talking about in the culture here at Whole Life. That if somebody hears something that they to them and then maybe yeah. in that in their culture or in at least their their tribe and their their circle of influence like whoa I do want to check on my friends because yeah. it sounds like they're a little upset at each other and I would yeah. rather jump in and say wow are you guys okay like anything I can do or you know acknowledge it be seen like you said I think that's important and I think and I want to let them know we're all good right we're all good I mean yeah. Melanie's didn't come back this week <laughs> I know. But, yeah. oh, that's, that's what true. I was thinking <laughs> I didn't think she's not here <laughs> I don't not, know and she's not coming back next week I know uh, but man. she'll be back after that she'll be back right. after that yeah. Melanie's on a special assignment right now yeah and she's probably not even taking time to listen Listen to the podcast. To I, see how she we better do. not be. I know, right? Like, don't. She better not be. Don't. If you're listening don't. to this, Melanie, you have listened it for off. an hour longer than you should have. That's right. Turn it off. Dr. It's over. Melanie. Yeah. All right. Next week, we are going to continue this tradition of guest speakers, aren't we? We are. And do you know how to pronounce the last name? Because I don't remember which version is correct anymore. After <laughs> I don't, I don't have point. it in front of me, but Schleter. Uh, Justin. Schleter. Right, Justin, um, Justin Schleter is going to be our guest. Thank you for remembering that. And, Thanks, right? Uh, Justin is a uh, Stephen Ministers ministry pastor. Um, I believe he's coming to us from St. Louis. I think if oh, I'm, nice. if I'm, I might not be a hundred percent on that, so don't quote me. But um, we have a very active Stephen Ministers uh, ministry here at this church that is just phenomenal. They're fantastic. If you're not familiar with them, um, hey. Ch- Check out our website. Um, talk to one of our pastoral staff. We'd be happy to tell you. But basically, this is a ministry where lay people go through some intensive training. Mm. Uh, it's 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 a lot of training. It's a lot. But what it does is it really prepares them to walk alongside people who are going through crisis, who are or who have. Um, that just needs somebody to walk alongside them. They're not; these are not licensed counselors. That's not what they do. If if you have something that requires counseling, we're gonna we're gonna get you a, a certified counselor. But this is a this is somebody who's gone through more training than the average person and just knows how to walk through somebody who's going through yeah. a, a dark yeah. time in their That's life support. and just need and yeah. needs that support. And so, mm-hmm. um, Justin's gonna come in and he's gonna actually be talking to us um, about connecting across hurt. And maybe one of the more difficult things to do when you when you have experienced deep hurt in your life, how do you how do you connect? Mm, um, yeah. Should you connect? And so, looking forward to hearing what Justin has to say on that topic. It's also uh, just going to be a special emphasis on Stephen Ministers this Sabbath, and then the uh, the Saturday after that, which is um, 
9, 6, 16, 16. March 16. Um, is that right? I'm trying to, so no, I'm sorry, March 9. nine. Yeah, March, March 9. 9. We have a special guest musician, um, uh, oh, Javen yeah. L- Lavick. Um, I almost who, said Justin Lavick. Um, and uh, so, so we're really, you, you really honestly do not, <laughs> you never want to miss a, a worship service mm-hmm. at Whole Life, but you really don't want to miss a worship service in, the, in this, this coming month. There's just a lot of really great mm-hmm. things. Because on the 16th, Potluck. we're having a all-church potluck, which, I mean. It's going to be inside of the worship center. That's uh, the first one. We actually, so yeah, we're, we're doing, after second service over, we're going to move tables into the worship center. We'll have eating in there. They'll be eating in 105, 305, 101. So there's going to be a lot of different, uh, uh, 108, not 101, right? Uh, Mm. Anyway, so there's going to be just a lot of different places to eat inside. um, And uh, hopefully if the weather, the weather will cooperate and we'll do the serving outside. Mm -hmm. And uh, you actually, it was kind of cool. You've actually arranged for a a kind of a little program too during this. That's that's kind of neat. So they are organizing to have some music and live music. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Rolly and his team are doing great. And then on top of that, the week after that, Oh man. He's, let, have, he's letting all the cats out of the bag. I know. I don't well, remember. Well, this you know we have to get we have to give our podcast people a little extra because you know That's they're true. giving a little extra. They are. They are. Um, you're going to get to hear from a sermon from our newest staff member. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's that week. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, you go. we have a new staff member coming on board. Yeah, and that's amazing. Because if Freud moved, that person that yeah. means someone's got to take Freud's yeah, place. So we are. We we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but yeah, we have a we have a new pastor that'll be coming on board very soon. All right, and that person will be speaking on that. What is that? March twenty three. Twenty. Yeah. 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 So So, awesome. Whole slash events for everything that is upcoming, and I'll just tell you that uh, as the purveyor and keeper of said events calendar, this week by Friday you're going to see about fifteen or twenty more events that have not been. They're starting to come. We kind of had a lull. And then we got all this information like dumped on us quick and all the dates. And it's like, okay, we got to have graphics. We got to get this stuff made. So Max and I have been working in the background to get all that set. And so you'll start seeing those pop up over the course of the week. So pay attention. Always know that when they're there, you always do is hit add to the calendar because we're never going to put anything there as much as we can hopefully ever have to change it the date once we know the date is locked in then we're good then we put it on the calendar and uh, that way it doesn't come in your calendar you can do it you can share it with everyone right from the url so uh, whole life.church slash events and all the other Stephen ministers the potluck those all have individuals those will be in the show notes today just for ease of use for you just do all those things awesome freud thank you for your message thank and you for hanging me. out this week great job freud thank yeah you, Ken. great job all right, guys. We're going to go ahead and have Freud preach more often. Uh, I think there was even a sermon topic he was trying to dump off on me, but we'll I'm going to find out what that is. I want to have I him have preach on it. Yeah. yeah, hey guys, outside it, of I have a lot to do too, Freud. Yeah. It's okay. We but can... outside of the preaching, I have I have all the groups, and <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Wow, I feel like he wow. thinks that all I do is preach. Wow. 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 So you're saying? So I'm okay. coming from my perspective. So here we go. Here we're about to. <laughs> we're gonna have this. We'll assume good intent. <laughs> We will not go back to second service and then hear what that is and then hold them to it, what the subject matter is. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening as always, and have a great week.
week. <laughs>